This is The Space Shot, episode 44 for June 27th, 2017. Atlantis and Mir. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. On this day in 1995, the space shuttle Atlantis launched on a mission to rendezvous and dock with the Russian space station Mir. This mission was also the 100th United States crewed launch, in addition to being the first shuttle mission to dock with Mir. A status report from NASA that was released a few hours after launch reads, The Florida skies cleared to allow a flawless, on-time launch of Atlantis at 2.32 p.m. Central Time on the historic 100th U.S. human spaceflight, a flight that will begin a new era of international cooperation in space by docking with the Russian Mir space station. Atlantis first achieved an orbit with a high point of 158 nautical miles by 85 nautical miles, the lowest orbital altitude ever flown by a space shuttle, allowing the spacecraft to close the more than 7,000 nautical miles to Mir rapidly at first at a rate of about 880 nautical miles per orbit. Three hours and 39 minutes after launch, Atlantis fired both orbital maneuvering system engines for a little over two minutes to raise its orbit to an altitude of 210 nautical miles by 158 nautical miles. An engine firing called the NC-1 burn that has now slowed Atlantis' closing rate on the Mir. The shuttle is now about 5,400 nautical miles from Mir, closing on the station by about 280 nautical miles with each one-and-a-half-hour orbit of Earth. The next engine firing by Atlantis is not scheduled until early Wednesday morning, and all activities remain on target for a docking with Mir at about 8 a.m. on Thursday. I actually found the old press release website. It's a very simple FTP, or file transfer protocol, website that NASA still has up and running. It's a lot of basic text web pages, but it's still a cool resource to dig through. The book Shuttle Mir, The United States and Russia Share History's Highest Stage, written by Clay Morgan, is a fantastic look at the history of joint American and Russian and Soviet missions, from the Apollo-Soyuz test project to the shuttle Mir missions, and later the cooperation that was required to construct the International Space Station. The book is broken up into sections depending on which shuttle mission is being profiled. Before there were any docking attempts between the shuttle and Mir, there were a few dress rehearsal missions that led up to this flight. STS-60 was the first time a Russian flew on the space shuttle. Then exactly one year later, on STS-63, the shuttle approached Mir in a simulated docking maneuver. Finally, in 1995, during the STS-71 mission, the shuttle Atlantis docked with Mir. These early missions were critical in laying the groundwork for future cooperation between the United States and Russia in outer space. And even during a time of increased tensions here on Earth between the United States and Russia, we're still cooperating together on the International Space Station for the time being. Besides detailing the different shuttle missions, this book also examines the group of astronauts that helped form a constant American presence in space. Shannon Lucid was the first of six American astronauts to be on a long-duration Mir mission with a Russian crew. The CD that accompanied this book had an enormous amount of information, from text files with oral histories to timelines of the Shuttle Mir project. Unfortunately, I was unable to access any of the files on that CD because the necessary program to read the contents of that CD would not run on a modern computer. If you'll remember back to episode 40, I talked about digital amnesia, 
and this is exactly the kind of thing that I don't like running into when I'm researching for the podcast. The fact that the CD is about 20 years old and already unreadable presents an obstacle to future generations that go back and research these missions. Thankfully, much of the information that was on the CD is still available at the Johnson Space Center Oral History website, but the fact remains it is sad that I'm unable to read the contents of something that's barely 20 years old. Also of note, on this day in 1982, the Shuttle Columbia launched on the last research and development flight of the shuttle program. STS-4 was commanded by Ken Mattingly, who was originally slated to be the command module pilot for Apollo 13. He was replaced just three days prior to that launch, supposedly having caught the German measles, although he never actually got them. Mattingly went on to fly as the command module pilot for Apollo 16, and in the STS-4 and 51C missions. I'll talk more about his trips to space in a future episode. Tomorrow, I've got some SpaceX history and a discussion of how far they've come since the June 2015 anomaly that resulted in the loss of the launch vehicle. Thank you all for listening to the show. Producing a daily podcast does take a lot of time, and I'd love if you could take just a moment to leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. Leaving a review or rating does help more people find the podcast, since that's partly how iTunes determines rankings in the podcast's app. It would be awesome if you would subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you know that loves history, space, or pop culture. And if you're so inclined, you can ask me questions and chat on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix pretty much everywhere. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>